heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. <laughs> Do we have a masculine show for you today? <laughs> Tell us about it, Robbie. Oh, yes. In honor of Sam, who can't be with us, we wanted to go as masculine as possible. Well, and since so, he wasn't here, we're able to. <laughs> yeah. And and the master of masculinity himself is with us, the Vincent Menino. Oh, boy. The bat. <laughs> and what a topic we have along those lines today. Why does a man need a battle to fight you may be wondering about that it actually in one of the talks that we give at the boot camp that happens to be one of the core desires that that they talk about is in a man's heart right now you got oh what? yeah crave adventure definitely but every man's got a battle to fight and he's got a you know sometimes you're ready for it sometimes it knocks your feet out from under you and no doubt those battles come in seasons, right, Vinny? With the season you had when you were a young uh, whippersnapper in the New York, you know, with the uh, stickball, you yeah, had different I'll battle to fight then than you did later on with your... Uh, bat. There. <laughs> yeah, you know how that You're trying to talk, uh, get something out of me, Robbie, and right now I'm thinking what would be good on the air and how much I could say. But... Uh, it is quite an interesting topic. I can't wait to hear what you guys are going to say, because I'm going to top you all. <laughs> I don't doubt that. Do is you that a challenge? <laughs> is that a battle for us today, Vincent? Go get them. Well, to start off with, Sam did give us our first clip, and, and it's from the movie Animal House. And, you know, a lot of times a, a battle presents itself, and in doing so, uh, leaders are made, right, Al? Oh, Go ahead. And well, I was just saying that, you know, Bluto, in this case, he, he, it kind of made him a leader where he didn't expect it. He seems like the mischievous buffoon the whole movie up until this point when he rallies the troops. A, a bit psychotic, a bit. But, but a leader. <laughs> hmm. Seven years of college down the drain. Might as well join a Peace Corps. My mother's going to kill me. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I can't believe I threw up in front of Dean Warmer. Face it, Kent. You threw up on Dean Warmer. What happened? You look grotesque. Well, some of the Omegas did a little dance on my face. Who was it? Uh, it was Greggy and Dougie and some of the other Hitler youth. Why? What'd you do? I don't know. They're just animals, I guess. Looks like I missed something. Yeah, you did. We're all officially kicked out of school. Wormer just got our grades. They kicked us out of school? <laughs> that makes sense. Hey! What's this lying around? Well, what we supposed to do, you moron? War's over, man. Wormer dropped the big one. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? No! German? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. 
Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! What's happened to the Delta I used to know? Where's the spirit? Where's the guts? Huh? This could be the greatest night of our lives. But you're gonna let it be the worst. Oh, we're afraid to go with you, Bruno. We might get in trouble. Not me! I'm not gonna take this! Warmer, he's a dead man! Marmalade, dead! Niedermeyer! Dead. Bruno's right. Psychotic, but absolutely right. So, Al, you have a situation here where... They could have taken it laying down and just been kicked out. <laughs> and they were for a while. <laughs> yeah. They got their legs taken out from under them. But that scene in the movie, it, it to me, in so many ways, it made the movie. It did. It's, mm. it's, you see the situation where the underdog decides to take on the battle, and off they go. Right, Vinny? Yeah. I remember a specific incident that happened to me that uh, let's just say I earned my stripes. Don't go with it, Robbie. Okay. Uh, I remember I was in junior high. and That's middle school for today's kids. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Junior and junior high. I, love, I was too, buddy. Right. And across, <laughs> across the way from the school was a small park with a lake in there, and the kids used to put their sailboats and so on and so on. When we had lunch, we would go across sit there and eat our lunch. And this one dude used to come up to me all the time and give me a dime, give me a dime, give me a dime. Kept on going until somebody told me, you shouldn't let him get away with that because he won't leave you alone. Well, after about two weeks of it, I finally said, I don't have a dime. And he looked at me, he says, I told you, give me a dime. I says, I don't have a dime. So he put his hands in my pocket, you know. Uh-oh. Right. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> and uh, That's not going to go good for All them. of a sudden, I don't know if you want to call it courage or I was embarrassed because the whole school was sitting there eating lunch. Well, I hauled off and gave him a shot and he fell in the lake. <laughs> that was okay. So he went swimming with the fishes? <laughs> right. That was my first time with the swim with the fishes. But I jumped in the lake. Whoa. Yeah, and I got his head and I kept it under the water. Baptism. <laughs> right. So I baptized him. And all I know is that a bunch of guys came and, and girls come and pulled me off of him. I'll make a long story short. After that incident... His name was Matthew. He became my best buddy, and I, I became the king of the hill. Now, did he give you a dime every day after that? No, he didn't <laughs> give me a dime. He gave me a quarter. <laughs> Interest. Well, well, I know some listeners, maybe especially lady listeners, are going, where's the, where's the Bible in this? How is this biblical? What yeah. has this got to do with uh, Jesus? And, and what does this have to do with the masculine journey from God's perspective? And so, Al, what would you say to that? Well, I like the saying that Vince Lombardi said, because we got to throw real men in here. Um, leaders aren't made, they're created. And if you go biblically... No, I think it's leaders aren't born, they're created, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, sorry. Um, I, I, the way I heard it was leaders aren't made, they're forged in fire. 
And the way that happens is through a battle. And if you look at one of the best examples, I would say King David. Now, when he's just a little boy, he's out watching the sheep. Lion comes up, uses his sling with a rock, and he kills it. Same thing with the bear. He kills it. That gave him confidence. Those battles to protect his sheep gave him confidence. Well, the next one, he's up delivering cheese for his mom and dad. And what happens? Everybody's giving him a hard time. Nobody's giving him any uh credit and they're saying oh you just want to watch the battle you're not really here for any good purpose and lo and behold there's goliath calling out god's people who were sitting back there afraid and he comes off with probably the best line ever for a battle who was this uncircumcised philistine to challenge the armies of the living god and he steps up in the battle and becomes a leader a leader that eclipsed the king Right. And what what, you know, Sunday school doesn't teach that story and what child doesn't sit there. Most because does for men, we love to see somebody showing that they have what it takes in the midst of battles for women. And 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 actually, even for our kids, sometimes they want to know that they're worth fighting for. Absolutely. And and actually, in my mind, the one that that stands out is Jesus. Talk about somebody who took on the battle, but he knew who the enemy was. <laughs> and so he fought the real enemy in, in a battle that's unlike anything that history has ever known before or since. But for all of us, it's a matter of are we going to be remembered as men, as we hear from this scene in Gladiator where they were given a choice. Are they going to fight as gladiators or are they going to go down? Some of you are thinking you won't fight some that you can't fight. They all say that until they're out there. Listen. Trust this into another man's flesh. And they will applaud and love you for that. You may begin to love them for that. Ultimately, we're all dead men. Sadly, we cannot choose how, but we can decide how we meet that end in order that we are remembered as men. That's a penetrating question, Al. How are you going to be remembered when the battle came your way? You know, and and the battle in the enemy is afoot, is he not? Or are you not seeing that in your life at any place? (laughs) He is everywhere. You know, as we go through it, some battles we're meant to lose because they get us ready for bigger battles. It's you're never going to have the greatest comeback until you have somebody getting knocked down. So just because you get knocked down as a man doesn't mean that God's not with you. It doesn't mean that you're defeated. It just means that you're getting ready for a bigger battle. Yeah, and God's, you know, a lot of folks are wondering why are these kind of movies so popular? Gladiator, Braveheart, those kind of things. And they see those on the, and they go, well, you know, what is it with men and all this violence? Well, you know, we were designed warriors. Yes. 
And God gave us this warrior heart to fight a real enemy who makes actually the enemies of Robert the Bruce or the enemies of uh, Gladiator are babies compared to what we are up against. The, Satan has got tricks that those guys never thought about. And, and I think it's important. And you made a great point. Now, Jesus came for a woman. He came for his bride. But this was a battle. And he came back to fight a battle. But he fought it his way, and he won it his way. A lot of people didn't realize it. You know, when, when he took everything that the world had to offer, and he came back with salvation, nobody expected that. The Hebrews didn't. Nobody at that time was ready for it. So that's, that's where we have to come against our enemy the same way. Yeah, and that bride being the church. Exactly. Right. And it's pretty cool from my standpoint to know that, and, and I'm going to tell a little story when we come back. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site. And from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support. And Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Sam Main here for Mask and Journey Radio Show. Our show often focuses on healing and freedom that's found through walking more intimately with the Father. And I know no one wants to see a counselor, but often there are times I find myself stuck and needing a little bit more help. And that's why I turn to my friends at Seasons of the Heart. Kim and Catherine are experienced counselors that help you find healing through the Father. For more information on Seasons of the Heart, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. So it sounds like a champion is being born here. <laughs> being forged in fire. Being forged in the fire. Why does a man need a battle to fight? That's the topic today on the masculine journey. I'm joined by my good friend Al Hinley and Vincent, sometimes known as Vinny Menino, um, who we've known for years and years. We're missing Sam today and Todd and a few others that often join us. But it's pretty fun to do this topic, isn't it, Al? Oh, I, I love this topic. I was excited about it when we, when we first mentioned it. Made me want to grab a brat and a cup of joe. Hmm. So as I mentioned right before the break, there was a story where I had an opportunity, and now it's become sort of the stuff of Dilmore legend. You know, my family recalls it to me often whenever they think about their father. And at the time, it was just when the battle came to me, and it may sound a little offhanded. You may even say that's far from biblical, but it's what happened and, and for some how or another, when I reflect on the story now, years later, I reflect on it with, with some level of joy, in spite of how traumatic it was at the time. My uh, wife's older brother committed suicide in 1991, which was horrific. And at the time, we lived in Raleigh, but I worked at a dealership that was in Greensboro. <clears throat> so I had to drive from, when, when we got news, which was about one in the afternoon, we called and booked a flight out of Raleigh, and I had to drive from... Greensboro to Raleigh, pick up my wife, who was obviously very distraught. At the time, we just had the two children, Robbie and Tess, and Robbie was about two, and Tess was, you know, maybe eight or nine months old. And we had to catch this flight in Raleigh, and the Raleigh it flight changed flights in Charlotte to go to Dallas, which is where, you know, Tammy's family is from. 
So we're getting off the plane in Charlotte. And my wife is saying, this man behind me keeps bumping his briefcase into my backside. It's driving me crazy. He needs to stop. And I gave him kind of a look at the time, like, you do that again, and this is not going to be good. But then I turned around as we started out the jetway. I stepped to the side. I said, Timmy, stand back. He must be in a hurry. Maybe he's got a, you know, connection he's got to make or something. Which it all would have been fine, except as he passed by us on the way as he walked by me, he said, you need to control your brats. And at that point, you know, it was like somebody had just waved the red flag in front of Robbie's face. I, that was, okay, now you've done it. And so the way my wife tells the story, I dropped Tess. <laughs> but I, the way I remember the story, I, would, I set her down gently on the jetway, but I was putting her down because I was going to catch this cat before he got to the top of the jetway, which I did. And when I grabbed him by the shoulder, I flipped him around, and then I didn't hit him with my fist. I just kind of pushed him and said, now let's just see what you got, buddy. You know, and I, he knew it was on. And he, he turned like he was going to hit me, and it was going to be on. And just about that very moment, <laughs> I had no idea what sky marshals can do, but they're really, really good at what they do. <laughs> at that very moment, a sky marshal put me in this headlock thing that I, I don't know. It's one of those holds that I'm pretty sure must have been asleep or something because before I could think, I was in the gate with this guy, and he had us both sitting down and you know, trying to separate. Nobody got arrested. There was no blood. All those things, it just became, you know, Al, the story of family legend. But That's right. There's no doubt that my family knew that they were worth fighting for. Absolutely. And Robbie knew that, you know, when the moment came <laughs> and it was time to, you know, go down, you know, that those things would happen and, and, and that the warrior heart was in there somewhere, Sam. I'm not Sam. You're not Sam. You're Al. So when you're in the heat of the battle, you don't know who you're talking to. You just know you're ready to talk. You know you got a brother over there and he's with you. <laughs> So, we have another clip, because there are seasons to this battle, and for some of us, you know, in our younger years, we're in a position to, you know, be on the jetway, but we're not in that position anymore, <laughs> and so, as we, we go from the warrior stage to sometimes the sage stage of the masculine journey, where we're actually helping others to find their battle, and this was an opportunity for Sean Connery to be teaching a young writer, but more than that, his, his season had changed. And I, I really love this clip to show that sometimes it changes to where we're the one now teaching how to fight the battle. Let me ask you something. Hmm? Come a guy like you. Wastes time reading National Enquirer. What's wrong with it? I mean, it's, it's trash, man. You should be reading like the Times or something. I read the times for dinner, but this, this is my dessert. They got some contest at school, this writing thing. You ever enter one of those? Writing contest? Yeah. Hmm. Once, a long time ago. Did you win? Well, of course I won. Like money or something? The Pulitzer. Oh. Well, they make all the students get up and read in front of everybody. What's that got to do with writing? Writers write so that readers can read. Let someone else read it. You ever read your own book? In public? No. Barely read it in private. Did you ever get married? 
Not exactly a soup question, is it? No. No, I never did. But I learned a few things along the way, which might be of help with this young lady you're always talking about. Like what? The key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time. You're giving me advice on women. Unexpected gift, unexpected time. Now, Vinny, as he was saying unexpected gift, unexpected time, for those who weren't in the studio, you could see Vinny's head popping up and down. This is something you know. I was falling asleep, Robbie. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 don't listen to that. Uh, Did all you people out there, hopefully there's a lot of you, I'm sure almost every male has gone through the same situation. They're very calm in certain situations until it becomes a little hectic, let's say, and maybe an altercation will happen. And you just rather walk away from it. But maybe your girlfriend, your wife, makes a remark and forces you into being a man. Now <laughs> I got to do it. You know? Because I don't want to be, you know, labeled as a wuss. And that happened quite often with me and my wife. Because my wife could never keep her mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) She knew she was married to Vinnie Menino. I mean, mean, she was going to show him off. Did you think you were going to get a mouse? (laughs) Yeah. I I can remember a number of things. But I know my family is listening. And so I won't go into too many. But I remember one time. We went to visit my my mother and father, and it's a skinny block with cars. But this is in New York City, uh, with cars parked on both sides, and just a lane in the middle that you go through until the next corner when the light changed. Anyway, there was a big bus behind me. I was stuck and wasn't moving, and he's leaning on the horn. I can't imagine in New York. Okay. Yeah. And, it ain't so. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying anything. I'm saying, what an idiot. But my parents lived on the third floor in this fancy apartment, and they looking down, they hear the horn, you know, and they see it's me. They know my car. And, you know, I finally get out of the car to go to the bus. I don't know what I was going to do. The first thing that I wanted to do was get the guy in the bus. Get off of the horn, man, you know. And here comes my father (laughs) in his bathrobe. (laughs) Okay. I said, what are you doing, Pa? He says, kick the living doo-doo out of him, you know. And he pushes the door open to get at this poor guy. (laughs) All I wanted to say is, Would you get off of the horn, please? I can't go nowhere. You know. Anyway, that was part of my dad's way of being a man. And I just thought that, oh, you're embarrassing me, Pop. Then as years went by, he got older and I got older. And I realized that he was protecting his son, you know. And he had to show my mom, who was upstairs, that he still was a man because he was 
totally immobile. He had rheumatoid arthritis. And all this came into, you know, into my mind years after. And you, uh, you get to admire certain things that happen in your life. And that was one of the days when I looked at my dad and I said, okay, Pop, I'll put my bat away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. What are you laughing Oh, I love it. I, I abs- I'm picturing your father. I, I've seen pictures of your father, so seeing him in the bathrobe down there saying, and then the bus and the horn and the New York City, it's, 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 you, you get the whole picture, don't you? I yeah. got the whole but picture. But I, I haven't heard what happened to the bus driver. I'm not sure I want to know what happened to the bus driver. <laughs> No, no, the light changed green. <laughs> you got out of there. You let him. And then I was holding. You a saved traffic. his life. Yeah, that, you and that green light saved his life. That's but, right. But I mean, but yeah. you had a moment like that too, where you came up against the real enemy, and God helped you out. Al. Oh, you know, so many times before that battle, I either fought the wrong enemy or I fought the wrong battle. And there was a time when my wife, we had picked a certain direction for our time and our money and our you know efforts. And uh, my wife took it a whole nother direction, contra- contrary to what we'd agreed on. And I was livid. And I was ready to lay into her. And I went and I prayed about it first. And God said, you need to go in and forgive her for anything she's ever done. I was like, what? And so I go in there because I wanted to be obedient with God. And at that point, I realized when I did, she just started weeping. But I realized my enemy was not my wife. There was a different enemy, a third party that I didn't see, didn't feel, didn't know, but he was my enemy. And at that point, I just let him have it. And he was not, there was not that, that battle between us anymore. And my wife and I have grown through that tremendously. Yeah. That's the cool thing. When we recognize who the real enemy is and, uh, you know, see that there is a battle to fight in that often is, you know, trying to go after the heart of your own family when you see them in the midst of a battle where they don't realize who the enemy is that is really stirring up the strife between the different members of the family. So how fun is that? Well, I have to tell you that next week we have an extremely special treat for you. I'm hoping you'll tune in because Paul Menino, Vinny's grandson, is going to be on. And the topic of the show is going to be leaving a legacy. So you want to stay tuned. You definitely want to tune in next Saturday. Same time to hear the Masculine Journey. Meanwhile, go to Facebook, look for Masculine Journey Radio and MasculineJourneyRadio.org and, and com, whichever way you go. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening today. It's such an honor to, to really have you guys as our audience. Thank you for listening. Uh-huh.